Hey there, film fans. I'm Jeff. I'm Dave. And I'm John. And welcome back to The Love of Cinema, a pod in which we'll challenge one another to discuss movies both new and old with a strictly positive critical eye. That's right. And to avoid any lazy negativity, we're making this a drinking game. Any negative criticism about a film is absolutely allowed, but you will be called out for it and you will have to take a drink every time. So, pour yourself a glass, join us, and uh, we're still on this March Maggot. March Maggot. The uh, March Madness March Bracket, I believe. March <laughs> Madness Bracket. Maggot. Yes, we are in the third week of our Corona franchise face-off, where we realized that the Corona epidemic was going to be going on for a very, very long time. Forgive me now, it is a pandemic. Um, it's going to be going on for a very, very long time. So we decided to pivot from our usual talking about films, making comparisons to classical repertoire, we are going to be talking about things that you can watch from home on your TV and perhaps trilogies or franchises that you want to bite the bullet and start from the beginning. And our first seed, Lord of the Rings, did advance over the Coronetto trilogy in our first episode. The second seed, the Godfather trilogy, sorry, Dave, the second seed, the Godfather <laughs> trilogy did advance. It did advance over the Austin Powers trilogy last week. And then this week, our three seed, Star Wars, that is the entire Star Wars trilogy the skywalker saga if you will from episode one to nine not the spin-offs just episodes one through nine is our three seed and that will go up against our 14 seed which actually brought us a lot of joy this week which is the <laughs> fast and the furious franchise which again does not Ooh. include spin-offs so it does not include Hobson shaw but it does include let's just call them one through eight <laughs> And we're going to get to that in a second. But first, let's kick it over to John to give some shout outs. Oh, yeah, as usual, we're going to give a couple shout outs here. Our beer sponsor, once again, he's not with us, but we are thinking about him. Give him a follow on he's Instagram. No longer, he's no longer with us. He's no longer with us. <laughs> he, is, he is still in New York, keeping it real with his family, locked up, hoarding 300 delicious beers that we're not allowed to have right now because we are trying to be safe and responsible. His name is Carlos Barroso. Give him a follow at Instagram at C Bar 2019. That's C B A R R O Z O B A R 2019. Check it in the notes if you want to give him a follow. Uh, and as always, Just spell check that this week. Spell check. Yeah, sorry. Last week I definitely <laughs> messed that up. So that is the right way to spell it. Do not listen to last week and get confused. And as always, the music you hear. At the beginning, middle, transitions, ending, all throughout these episodes, every single week is provided by the artist Dasein. That's right. That's Dasein. D-A-S-E-I-N. Give them a follow on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com backslash Dasein, Dasein dash artist. All right. We are ready to do it. This is a monster. I have been looking forward to this one. What did you guys think? Did you have a fun week catching up? Did you rewatch yeah, some know, of the I Star know. Wars? Did you have to go back and watch any of those? I'm sure what everyone's thinking at the moment is, are they really doing this? Are they really yeah. doing this? Oh yeah. <laughs> well, we started we started with trilogies, and all of a sudden we decided to pick series that have 17 films between the two of them. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, we had, Star, and Star Wars. We had five Star days too. Yeah, Star ahead. Wars clocks in at twelve hundred and twenty-six minutes. Oh my god. Twenty point four hours. Holy Jesus! Shit, you did, dude. Yeah. And so we had five days, too, because we usually do it every week. But this week was a different week. So we have five days, 17 films. I, 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 got, I did about half of that. I've seen them all, obviously. But as, as far as rewatching, I rewatched about half of them. How did everybody else do? How many did you get through? 
So I, I did not, I, I didn't rewatch any this week. I did some, you know, I watched some scenes here and there, some scene selections, and I did some reading and some prep. But I sat down before The Rise of Skywalker uh, this past spring or late winter, whatever it was, and I watched all of them in order again, just to get pumped up before, right before I went to go see that. Um, so I'm still feeling really fresh. feel like that uh, it never yeah. leaves you, man. How many times have we seen these fucking no. movies? Dave, how many times have you seen these oh, yeah. movies in your life, do you think? <laughs> I could not count how many times. I was actually in one of the original screenings um, in back in the 70s. I remember sitting down and seeing the Star Wars logo and the print that I saw actually didn't have episode four in it. Oh yeah! So I yeah. saw oh one of the God. I saw one of the original prints of this film. That's fucking Jesus. awesome, dude! And it <laughs> fucked me up for life. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Well, we actually we we watched them because before um before uh episode seven came out, Dave had bought all of these on iTunes, all of the the prequels, so one through six basically, and we yeah, watched them the together. Fourth when copy we were, of these movies. We were all roommates. Yeah, for sure. We had it on the Apple TV, so we watched them. I did not rewatch one through three when I before nine just came out, I watched four through six again because I rewatched one through three before seven. Nice. Saw saw for X. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but I, mean, I, I rewatched you, 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 one, I rewatched one through three this week. Wait, let, let's introduce the buzzer. So just to remind everybody this is a drinking game. So anytime you hear this sound that sound means we're gonna have to take a drink also there's a parental advisory so dad if you don't stop in this episode for us to remind you uh yeah. there's gonna be some not there's gonna be some language anyway we're gonna start can i, let, can let, I just say when your yeah, when ahead, your dad, dad dropped in last week he he poured the biggest beer i've ever seen in my life yeah. that's oh, you saw, right? there. He like, really yeah. yeah that was enormous he walked in he yeah, just like, like looked at the camera I, that's cracked why I tried, it and started pouring <laughs> i was just i was just waiting for him to say something negative i'm like this guy's getting shit faced if he's just i'm gonna buzz him i'm gonna buzz him oh my God, I was so happy. He was so grateful. Yeah. So glad the Godfather. Okay, well, let, okay. Let's do it. Fucking Godfather. Okay, so we're going to talk about Star Wars first. We've been going with our, our top seeds first, so to speak, and then we're going to bring the underdogs in later. I'm not going to lie to you, though, guys. This was closer than I thought. I, I have a lot of fun with the Fast and the Furious movies, Fuck but let's, yeah, let's focus on Star Wars. And it's funny for me because I had watched four through um, nine, I suppose, between November and December of this past year in honor of the, the saga coming to an end, the Skywalker saga. Um, I rewatched one through three this past week, and I have painful memories of rewatching them with you guys. Not because you were there, but because... <laughs> <laughs> Drink, bitch! <laughs> well, I just remember... I just remember not not loving them, and then this time I actually liked them better than that time, um, which was really interesting for me. I know that especially in the second movie, the characters are paper thin and they're all caricatures. The the quote that I get the, what are you talking about? The quote that I wrote down for it's just the best quote of all time. Oh, this is the best quote. Ready? This is the Fast and Furious. No, no, no. We're on Star Wars. Oh, go, 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 go. Yeah, I thought Star you were jumping. Sorry. Because no. for me, because because I, I, if 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 it was just four through six, I was like that against Lord of the Rings. Everything yeah, else if, can take. If he said if he said that about Fast and Furious, I wouldn't have buzzed him. Yeah, that's right. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, but then but then once you put the prequels in and even the um the JJ plus, I was like, I don't know, I don't know if this is gonna, I don't know if this has legs. And honestly, the Fast and the Furious is such a cultural phenomenon. I was like, I don't know if Star Wars can hang with that moment that it's having. I'm, I'm sorry, did you just say Fast and Furious is more of a cultural phenomenon than Star Wars? It's right now it is. Right the now, last, baby. It's taking place last, right now, bitch. The last Fast and the Furious movie made more money than the last two Star Wars movies. So put that on pipe and smoke it. Uh, 
yeah, over five billion gross in total over the course of the series, uh, to which Star Wars has a ten point five billion dollar gross. Yeah, and like a thirty five year head also start, dude. <laughs> yeah, and it also has it also had re releases when they they upped the CGI in the background and they re released them and they had get out of here. Also, the okay, first so four they, movies they released it six count. times. Let's take counts. Okay, whatever. Anyway, okay. <laughs> Star Wars is the three seed. I rewatched the prequels. The second movie, man, those characters are tough. And here's wait, here's the line. This is the line. Just the, this is this is the line for all the Marvels in the second movie. This is Anakin Skywalker. Are you ready? <laughs> I don't. I don't like sand. It's coarse and rough and irritating. Not like you. You're soft and smooth. That's in a Star Wars movie. That is in a Star Wars movie. <laughs> Yep. I didn't so bust you for saying something negative. I bust you for quoting Anakin Skywalker. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but it shouldn't be that way. Anyway, enough about me. I, I that's not my best start ever, but that's that's where my head's at. <laughs> who, who wants to go next? Dave, why don't you start us off, man? Uh, I feel like you uh, grew up with these things. Sure. Yeah, I mean, the... where? Yeah, I mean, it's Star Wars. So for this podcast, the part of John is going to be played by me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I yeah, I grew I grew up with these films. They shaped uh, a lot. They shaped a lot of the stuff that I ended up doing in visual effects and things like that. Like this led, I mean, it helped the creation of ILM. Uh, so again, it's another series of movies that created a powerhouse effects company. Mm-hmm. And it, it was so full of cultural references. It's so full of great behind the scenes stories. Um, <laughs> Carrie Fisher. Bless her. Um, the originals are still one of the most epic space adventures you've ever put on film. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll stand by that. Uh, they pioneered effects that are still in use today. Uh, the, the prequels, I will point out, mm-hmm. are a lot more fun to watch if you pretend that Obi-Wan and Padme are having an affair and Anakin suspects them. Oh, interesting. Next next time you watch it, try that in your head. It might get you through it. Yeah, that's the angle, isn't it? Let's talk about let's talk about George Lucas for a second. Cause... I mean, they're not, they're not they're not bad movies. Like the the prequels are not bad movies, and I think they re- I actually really enjoyed the storytelling in the second one be- when they split the characters up and send them in different different ways, and then they regroup at the end. Yeah, it gets up to um, a really good start and a really good end in the second movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I uh, I have a lot of so respect for George Lucas because, um, you know, growing up when I was growing up in the '90s, and anyone who grew up after the original three you know, came out or, you know, I was old enough. I was alive when Return of the Jedi came out, I think, but I wasn't, you know, I was a baby. So anyone who came up after that and you saw them as these, is this Titan trilogy, first time that it ever happened, all the money in the world, you hear about all the success. I didn't realize until later that George Lucas was so independent in so many different ways. And that, that made me respect him and what he ended up doing with, his career and star Wars, since they are kind of one in the same, even more. I think it's so cool that his, his whole goal from the very beginning, that's why he was so fond of Francis Ford Coppola and those guys, they were all trying to not be consumed by the Hollywood machine that was happening in the 60s, 70s and 80s. And so he, he did have to make a deal with the devil a little bit along the way, but ultimately he has created the, the most successful franchise of all time that really is not tied to and any he came out contract that deal <laughs> yeah i mean really it's respect like, him for oh, that. yeah I'll, t- I'll take a i'll take a lower wage just give me a percentage of the merchandising mm-hmm. of wow. every action figure mm-hmm. ever released i mean yeah he was biggest that yeah it was the first time that it ever really happened right to like plan on yeah. how to release a movie alongside you, the you merch 
You see these movie producers when he walks out sitting there going, oh, what a dickhead. Yeah. I mean, and the joke was on them. Yeah. They, it was really on them. They, they so run much. that in the title scroll of Blue Harvest, the, fa- the Family Guy movie. They're like, <laughs> a long, long time. Yeah, you, you know what the story's about. Did you know that George Lucas got 100% of the merchandise? <laughs> that's, that's so much fucking money, dude. And then you set a trend. There were some other movies that eventually started doing it. I remember uh, Michael Keaton, Tim Burton's first Batman. They had a similar release, like huge merch up front. Huge, yeah. You know, um, South Park, South Park, South Park did that too. I mean, of course, classic. <laughs> so, anyway, Star Trek. I mean, Star Trek, Star Wars. We'll get to Star Trek one day. Let's take a second. Let's take a second. All right, so I am definitely if I, if I, if I could, I'd run down to where you were and slap you for that. I know, I wish you could. So, <laughs> I am absolutely in the camp that uh, I, I am a fan of the first three because I think. Oh, oh, you are. That's so brave of you. (laughs) I think at its core, I think at its core, Star Wars, especially the first three, is a quintessential by the book. He did not create anything new. And I don't mean that in a bad way. He borrowed from all of the best parts of morality tales. I think it's more of a, I think of Star Wars, I'm not alone, I'm sure. I think of this more as fantasy than sci-fi. It's like the softest sci-fi it's, in the world if you're talking about it compared it's, to it's very it's very hard to put a genre on it. It's a samurai film, it's a western film, it's a sci-fi film, it's an adventure film. It's like it's it's fallen under all those banners through the course of its history. Yeah, and I mean it it just follows all the tropes of the hero's journey that very similar to Lord of the mm. Rings. I mean, you could tell that George Lucas was being influenced by these big archetypal morality tales. And so that up first and for, first and foremost, I think it works the best when you keep the archetypes the same. So in that trilogy, they had the same characters, obviously. I also prefer the style of filmmaking. I think you, it's just, I just always prefer that style a little bit. I had a friend who saw one of the new ones recently with me and his only criticism was, I couldn't see anything. And I knew exactly what he meant. Cause like everything was fucking flying at lightning speed. It was cut too quickly. Editing was just through the roof. And these, uh, yeah, fuck, I'll drink, I don't care. The old ones, the old ones have a patience that the newer ones don't have. So there's there's really, I'm sad to say, I like them enough to watch the prequels mm. and these new ones. The nostalgia is definitely there. I, but when you are writing on nostalgia, ones, that is a criticism. I'm sorry. Like these recent think, three were the, not even close to the old ones. Not even close. I think that the new ones were made for us, but they weren't edited for us. Like they were made for us, but edited for a new generation who tunes out after 30 seconds. Do you mean, when you say okay. made for us, what do you mean for us? They were made for people who did grow up with the original trilogy and they like loved the story and appreciated the the saga of it all, but they weren't edited for us. Yeah, uh, for because sure. they had to edit I... for an entire new generation who the attention span is thirty seconds. Yeah, because they... they've got so much stimulus coming from everywhere. I would take that one step up and say it was made for us to watch with our children, and so and so like we didn't th- these movies. For instance, I'm going to be negative, so get ready for the buzzer. I I I can't tell you honestly, and if and if anybody out there listening yeah. knows the answers to any of these, you didn't get them from the movie. You looked them up or you read interviews. <laughs> I don't know what the I don't know what the resistance is. I know that they are resisting. I don't know who they are. I don't know where they came from. I don't know where they get their funding. I don't know where they get their people. I don't know anything about them. And I've seen three movies with them. Mm-hmm. I have no idea who they are. I don't know why we need to have both Finn and Poe. I don't. Also, by the way, just so you know. Ray is not a Palpatine. She's not. That, JJ, that's that's dumb. Like it was an interesting little idea at the time, and in hindsight, he's he's not. She's not a Palpatine. That's stupid. She was nobody. That is such a better story. 
and they couldn't help themselves with the flash they were like wait a second there's nothing here uh, in the second movie the second movie um, attack of the clones in attack of the clones in attack of the clones they talk about how the senate represents thousands of planets and thousands of societies then how come there's 25 people in the resistance protecting all thousands of these like none of this stuff like the 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 basic idea of what the next couple movies are this one per- basically a luke storyline she's gonna rise up she's actually the chosen one mm-hmm. none of it matters at all because we don't give a shit about any of these people that she's supposedly protecting and also yeah where does the dark side get their money from all of these things that could that seem political is the entire one through three episodes one through three is politics yeah right in fact that's the problem it's politics and basically therapy for anakin skywalker it's how many times are they like anakin where are you at mentally are you vader yet how long until you're vader is it going to be the end of this movie then it's literally just therapy and politics is the first is, is episodes one through three and then in seven through nine it's basically just battles and it's like oh my god we don't know where the battles are who's fighting the battles so let's just here's some quick action sequences we're going to jump from some planets that you've never heard of and i i finish these movies and i have no idea what's going on i really don't i totally agree. it's too bad because every time every time i left the movie theater i saw them in the theaters two i saw with my dad which is that nostalgia piece and it was awesome and the two of us left going wow that was a really good experience i enjoyed the experience and now i don't remember anything from them because they didn't give me anything to cling to i have nothing to cling to yeah. It's just really, really too bad. Okay, there you go. I, I tried to get ready I, for the buzzer. I can, okay. <laughs> and I love that. I, I mean, I, 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 I know, I know, I know where you're coming from on some of that. I mean, I, like I, because I was brought up with the originals, I had, I went and saw um, episode one when it came out. Right, um, I, I was theater. too, by the way. I, I love the originals. The yeah, episode one, I went, I went and saw that, and. I had a great time. The theater was packed. People were there with their lightsabers, yeah. having lightsaber fights down the front. It was fantastic. I went and saw it again with uh, three friends, like about four weeks later, and we were the only four people in the cinema. And I'm yeah. sitting there going, I don't remember this movie being this long. Yeah, yeah. You talking about Phantom yeah, yeah. Menace? It's made for kids. Right? Yeah, and it was it was made for so, kids. No, no, not even no. Episode one wasn't. It was literally just George Lucas going, "Hey, look at all the wonderful new technology I can get my hands on, know, and, and let's, so good. let's make a story that has, uh, you know." About two hours of exposition and so one much pod race. And they raise the stakes. And if you want to talk about viral moments, pre-viral moments, Darth Maul opening up both those lightsabers was like one of the greatest moments in my childhood's movie viewing experience. So it had that, I love the pod racer sequence, the video games, the merchandising, all the stuff that came with it was great. But ultimately it just was a weak foundation to build a series on. But I've, I love I've that- recreated that in a fan film. Yeah, for sure. But I love that they created the scale. Because for a while it was like, Luke's going to save the, the universe. Here's the universe. 25 strange looking things. That's it. On a ship. You can fit the entire people. Everybody that matters in the universe is on one ship. You know what I mean? So it's like, they, okay, so we have a set it. L- let's build it up. They created the scale. And I actually really appreciate that. Rewatching these. I will say movies two and three kind of are the same. I, I like the scenes. I, half of the Senate scenes, I'm like, was that in two or three? I don't even know. But like the idea of it. it <laughs> Ultimately, I like the idea of it. I can't bet to see him do this to himself. And it ended really, really well. And I know I really do like that. And I'll rewatch them. I'm going to rewatch them again. The Dooku fight was fun. Mm -hmm. The the General Grievous fighting against Obi Wan was really fun. You know, I found a really, really cool Easter stuff. egg this week. Someone pointed out, um, there's a couple of visual effects blogs I follow, and someone's pointed out that ILM chucked a whole heap of Easter eggs all through these prequels. And when Grievous, just before he lights his lightsabers, in the background you can see two of the robots, one of them nudges the other one going, watch this. 
Watch this. He's going to turn his cool. lightsabers on. That's cool. Yeah. There's all these little hidden Easter eggs in the visual effects the whole way through. Yeah. yeah. Even in Phantom Menace, that battle scene at the awesome looked awesome. Sorry, Dave. Hmm. No, no, I'm just saying, like, I've, I've talked about a lot about prequels and I've talked a lot about the main one. The the new three for me, I I've, I thought Force Awakens was great. Everyone complained that it repeated the first movie. I found it cyclical. It's like, this is happening again, but it's happening with certain changes. I thought it was great. Um, the second one, I actually referred to Ryan Johnson as Ryan Dream Smasher Johnson. Aww. Oh, no. Um, yeah. All right. But no, because I when I, I walked out of Force Awakens, I was like, oh, my God, who who's raised parents? And what about this? And what about that? And what about that? And then Ryan Johnson came along and with his big hammer and smashed it all to pieces and walked away and went, I'm king of the nerds. And Did he, though? Because I'm curious because it seemed like he wanted to do like he wanted to do one movie, a moving thing that had action from beginning to end and threw the story in there. And I can't tell if Disney made him change things or not. Obviously, the Princess Leia stuff is really strange. So it's like... No, this, I, was, this was definitely Ryan Johnson. Uh, he took control of this thing and he what, yeah, he, what he tried to do was admirable. He tried right. to make something that was that turned it in a direction no one was expecting. And that's an admirable choice to make. But the problem with I had with the second film was when I walked out of the theater, I wasn't excited about anything. Right, because there was not he'd literally gone through systematically, and everything you were excited about in the first movie had like cut it to pieces. That's nothing. That's nothing. I'll, I'll that, doesn't that. that doesn't mean anything. I'll second that. Totally. Force, for, Force Awakens was... is a little a little thin, but but ultimately, all things considered, it was a fine way of bringing the series back. Mm. So I, I'm with I'm with you on that. That's that's right. Sorry, John. I'm, I'm reading all the a... stuff now about how they had trouble with the uh, like the editing and stuff in force awakens getting the like the carry footage for instance to fit mm-hmm. yeah. so not, like, not in there's, force awakens. there's a lot of i would like i would like no, not force awakens sorry like um rise of skywalker i would like to see the rest of that movie yeah right. there's a fat director's cut i would definitely give it a shot um mm. so when i rewatched them this couple months ago or whatever I, I had not seen the prequels in years and years and years you know for a long time i just didn't want to watch them again so i went through them again I was pleasantly surprised, uh, and Same. I think I think part of that is because of how much mm-hmm. I hate these these reboots. All the things you guys are talking oh. about, the mistakes they made. Yeah, sure. How the mistakes they made. <laughs> the thing that I do give Lucas credit for, because those are not great movies either, uh, but it, because it is so political, everyone everyone knows the Anakin stuff. Just in general, is it's just it's just not very good. When he's a kid. Everyone thinks he's so annoying. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'll drink yeah. twice because I'm both the kid and the adult suck. The characters and the acting is just that's twice. <laughs> so annoying, so annoying. I know it's hard to cast children. You want them to have that that wit and that thing. You still want to be to be not annoying and stuff. I know it's probably a tough thing to do, but I think everyone who has seen that movie, especially as they've gotten older, have realized it just didn't work anymore. But anyway, uh, I remember being a little bit more impressed by Lucas's through line of how Palpatine came to power. I was more impressed with that this rewatch than I thought I maybe consciously reflecting on it when I was watching them years and years ago. And ultimately, I think the reason the prequels worked a little bit better for me this time and why I dislike the the recent ones is because there is still a lead up to that thing I was talking about with these. If you have these archetypes that are, these are, they're essential to telling morality tales. If you are building up to them, there is still a little bit of his uh, context. We know where we're going. We see Anakin. We see who is training Obi-Wan. We see Obi-Wan. We see a little bit of where we're moving, and it gives us that familiarity. It doesn't quite work, and it really doesn't work in the new ones. 
because it's the same it, what you just said jeff it's about the why don't i know who they are i can't even remember all their names why don't i know who they are and why don't i care about who they are well it's because in morality tales the archetypes are important because it allows you just like lord of the rings and all those other great fantasy uh, big heroes journeys it allows you as an audience member to have a clean definition of who each character is so that you can project yourself onto them well we didn't know who the fuck any of those people were in six or uh eight nine and ten what is it seven eight nine yeah, in seven eight seven, nine, nine. We didn't know who they were because I don't think they were cleanly defined enough. So there, that that last one of those last moments that I was, you know, I was still trying to be emotionally available. I had fun in the theater, just like you guys did. And I remember that moment when they reconvene and they all four finally see each other again. So it's Ray, Finn, Oscar Isaac's character. What's his name? Oh, oh, oh. And there's one. Maybe it's just three of them, and they're all hugging and they see each other in the jungle, and they had not yet been together in the movie. I remember thinking, I'm. I'm here with them. I'm, I'm glad they finally got to see each other. Who knows how long they've been apart. And I'm just not, but I'm still just not sure what they think of each other because I don't think they understand the roles they play in each other's lives because they're just not as yeah. cleanly defined. You know, so. Also, I think, I think, sorry, finish up. No, I mean, it's I just, choice, that's just what bothered me the most. I, I love choice and consequence. Like Luke didn't have the choice of whether or not he was the chosen one, but he did have to choose to do something to become, to inherit that. Because, right, because what way. is that? What is that? That is the archetype of the first part. That is the second step of Campbell's right. hero's journey. I think it's the second or third when he has to make the choice after he right. meets the magical character. So the Gandalf, the Obi Wan. Yeah. yeah. I, see this Dumbledore. Is why, yeah. All right. So this brings. All right. I did want to have this conversation with you guys because I'm curious. We are talking about these big ass fucking franchises and trilogies and everything, and clearly some of them work and some of them don't work. And I'm kind of hoping as we start to really get into the nitty gritty, probably in the second round where we're comparing better and better ones, we'll finally be able to be a little more specific over what the, the elements of the ones that work versus the ones that don't. I think Star Wars is the best example of having something that worked wonderfully because it played by the rules that the first trilogy was built on, that all of those great fantasy stories and heroes journeys are built on. And then it said, we could make a lot of money if we lead up to it and then keep going with other characters just because people will co keep coming to see this because of the nostalgia. I am definitely on Team South Park side in 2016 when they made that whole season about nostalgia berries and J.J. Abrams ruining America. <laughs> That's why everyone ended up voting for fucking Donald Trump. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, everyone, everyone kind of like, yeah, they, they, they drank think, the nostalgia yeah. cocktail big time. I think, honestly, like maybe I'm going to eat shit for this someday, but. I think there's just cowardice in it because we know we know what happened in this trilogy. Whoops. So seven was basically, oh, I'm not sure you know, what it, was, it was a thinner version of four. Oh no! Oh, he was just about to say that, <laughs> Jeffrey. We we totally missed what you just Jeff. said. You said cowardice, and then you cut out. Say that again for the pod. Oh, okay, sorry. Um, yeah, yeah, sorry. We're doing this remotely thanks to coronavirus, everybody. Um, <laughs> I think there was cowardice involved, and I'm trying to place it, but like seven was basically episode four, but a little bit thinner. And then eight, obviously the fans hated eight. They let Ryan Johnson do what he wanted. He certainly hated it. So nine comes in and they said, fuck it. We're going to make her a Palpatine. So that way we have the lineage. We have the immediate direct line to all of the previous movies. It gives her the power. Maybe she can do the torchy, like whatever they call the Sith, like 
like the, the electro the web shift, thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. And so like, lightning. cool. Okay, they, yeah, exactly. Force they lightning. do that. Yeah. And they're like, we need the scale because Ryan Johnson didn't make this become a universal war the way that they wanted it to. So they were like, Palpatine, there's a hidden army, which is just cowardly because all that's bullshit. Like out of nowhere, they just sprung it out of the, yeah. the earth. Which again, so it was dude. fun it in the theater so because... Because because the scale is so cool and in the theater it looked awesome, you go with it. And then she finally does the web thing. She kills what we think is 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 Chewbacca. Which by the way, there's got to be some more sacrifices. Poe or Finn had to die. We don't need both of them. We just what what's their purpose? We do not need both of them. Poe shouldn't have lived. He's a fighter. He's a pilot. He should have died. There's no way that he lives that long. Fine. Finn. He, he's not Harrison Ford, right? He's the one who wanted to make the selfish choice and decided not to because he's good. But he's mm-hmm. not. He's not Han Solo, so okay, he should become Poe then, or like, you know what I mean? Like basically, he was like, "No, I'll be nice, and then I'm gonna stick around for two movies." Bullshit. Anyway, the the worst the worst thing that happened in this movie, and I'm I'm gonna eat shit from this someday for sure. But do it. Um. So so she so she finally realizes her power, and she which we've all known she's powerful, and she blows the ship that we think is carrying Chewbacca, who is captured because of them. Oh yeah. And yeah. it was gonna he was gonna go to the Imperial ship, and basically he was a prisoner of war. And she accidentally is trying to bring the ship back and zaps him and the ship blows up and she thinks she kills Chewbacca. So she cries. Everybody's sad. She goes back. She says he's dead. And then what should happen is she has to face her power. She has to sit there and be like, I can't be here. I need to go alone. I can't be with you guys. The Adam Driver coming back at the end is dumb. Like this is, there's something that she, there was some kind of scenario for her. And you know what they do is five minutes later, they bring him back to life and just say, oh, he was on a different ship. That is bullshit. I'm so sorry. And and the the worst part about it is hundreds of people made that happen. It's not just like it was a choice by one person. All of these designers, all of these story editors, all of the writers, all of the producers let that happen. And that is bullshit. Not once, not one single character got sacrificed. Mm-hmm. and he did it we already cried for him there's no point in bringing him back what it means is that they're making this movie for children because they're children because they're cowards that's which my is, which is okay so no no you're telling fry right. that wookie kill that wookie just and fucking again, kill the wookie again there's a difference between uh, so remember in Lord of the Rings we were talking about the the catastrophe of the eagles so every time you were just listing that shit right there, I was thinking of, all right, so what are the moments in the first trilogy, the original trilogy, that are felt a little contrived? And why doesn't it bother you that there is, that, that it happens? Okay, so at the very end of um, A New Hope, when Luke is in the trench and he can't get the first torpedoes off, remember he misses. Doesn't he miss? Isn't that what happens? He yeah, misses he the misses first torpedoes. One, and so. you think, yeah. oh no, there doesn't stand a chance and Darth Vader and the two wingmen are on him and who comes out of nowhere to save him? Han fucking Solo. Blast him, kid. Let's do it. It doesn't bother you because it plays by that rule that Tolkien had with the Eagles. Of course Han had to come back. He wanted to help. He needed to be a part of this. It was not so unbelievable that it played against the story. It was exactly what was necessary to end the story. Unlike also, everything you just listed. That is a well-known adventure trope as well. It's a very well-known adventure trope. And this, the entire um, Star Wars film was loosely based on a Kurosawa samurai film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the, uh, hidden, the hidden fortress. Does, that, yeah, that does follow this. Yeah. Um, it follows that same path. Uh, one fun thing I did find out researching this, um, he actually, because I, I was always like, oh, you know, Lucas ripped off Kurosawa. Um, I didn't realize he gave it back. You realize what? Um, he, when I didn't realize he gave it back. Mm. Uh, after after Star Wars was a mega success, he strong-armed 20th Century Fox um, to actually pick up Kurosawa's film Kajimusha. 
Ah, nice. And got that made, which then proved to be a commercial critical hit and led to Ron? the masterpiece Ran. Oh my yeah. god, that's fucking yeah. awesome, Dave. Good research. That is, Ron is, oh my god, I'll never forget seeing that with yeah. you, John. And, okay. I've been so negative on Star Wars. I'm so sorry. I couldn't help myself. Again, I didn't rewatch four, five, six for this podcast, so I feel bad about that. What I will say is right to to exactly what you just brought up with the Han Solo run, <laughs> Jesus Christ, in Episode Four. Also, in the, also, in, what's cool about what's cool about Hidden Fortress is it's about a, you know they're protecting a princess and she goes undercover and on the run, et cetera, et cetera. It's the Star Wars story. That princess is wily as fuck. She is she is ruthless. She is yelling like she is she is not a, a typical female trope in any way shape or form she is a fucking bad someone's gotta princess. save us kids and it's yeah, just Carrie it's land exactly it. she took it around with it. it's so cool what i would say is so the big hero in star wars um episode four a new hope is and again there's no imperial march because we we know that the success of star wars led to the vader it just it, we, we didn't know where it was going honestly like if you even george lucas would admit he didn't really know where he had ideas but the script went through so many iterations he just wanted that shit to get made nice um what i would recommend for everybody to do is it's on youtube and it's called how editing saved star wars mm. and it is about how marcia lucas yes george lucas's wife and yep. her editing partner edited the absolute shit out of Star Wars. And I don't want to give it away mm -hmm. too much because I really want you to watch it. But I'll just say this for one thing. That sequence that John was talking about, they didn't have the stakes of that the Death Star was operational and it was going to blow up their entire rebel base if they didn't get that ship going. That entire sequence, every single time it cut to the Imperial ship, was actually footage that they stole from a different scene. And they put it together and built that entire scene from scratch. And she proves wow. it because there's extras in the background that are in the same exact spot as an earlier Vader scene. But Vader's not in it because he's not on the ship. So it's just the general. I forget what's the general's name in episode four? Who's leading the ship? The commander? Ah, oh, um, shit. It was like, that's enough, yeah, Vader. Yeah. That's enough, Vader. That guy. Yeah. It's literally him. You see him. because, And what you think you're seeing is you think you're seeing the um, like the, the, the graphic of the Death Star like, coming around the planet. That entire thing. Even the voiceover wasn't in. The voiceover was VO after they already had a cut of the movie. It's Anyway, it's like you have to go see how editing. Also, there was Luke with his friend talking about Luke's basically like, man, I got to get out of this place. They cut all of that bullshit. So the opening is just Vader. And they introduce Luke when he's necessary for the story. Editing saves Star Wars. You have to watch it. it is, it's, it's, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. That's a good throw to. Uh, that makes it a good time to move on. Let's do it, man. May the force be with you. That was fun. We'll be right back. We're going to be talking about Fast and the Motherfucking Furious, baby. Yes. John's a little excited about this one. And we're back. <laughs> and we're back. And we're back. Have fun editing that together, Dave. <laughs> and cut. Yeah. And cut. And redo. All right. We're talking about Fast and the Furious. Or Too Fast, Too Furious. Or Fast Furious. Wait, wait. Or The Furious, Furious 7. Or... <laughs> wait. Are we, talking, are we talking about The Fast and the Furious or just Fast and Furious? So many yeah. takes on the titles. It's, it's, it's kind of... It's kind of weird when you're Each searching around for them. Each one more furious than the, right the, the, the next. All right, let's, let's Ironically, lean in. What's your they, favorite? They, what? they finish up with Furiosa. 
Okay, did you guys watch these? Did you guys watch these when they were coming out? Mad Max reference. Did you guys watch these when they were coming out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure I saw the first one in theaters. I definitely saw the second one in theaters. All right. I saw the first three in theaters. So I definitely have a memory. Sorry, Mom. (laughs) I definitely have a memory. I lived in a small town in the South, and uh, there was a lot of, like, boondocks country and, you know, outside of the little town, and you could drive around. And after the first one, my friends and I went out there. We were probably 16 or 17. One of them had a Mustang GT, and we fucking flew around that country area for hours that night god it was so oh, much you're, fun you're the people those fbi warnings are yep, for i completely ignored <laughs> exactly what that thing said at the end all right anyway let's let's fucking go for it these movies are so much fun these movies are so much They're fun definitely dude. so much fun oh man i don't really know where to like, begin there what's the difference between these movies and a in a franchise like star wars i think they have something there's a leg up for these movies Jeff, already are you chips <laughs> sorry let's not get something. into the comparison yeah let's keep star wars out of this no it's i'm just saying i mean wh- chips because a, this is, is i can't wait for this conversation why does a movie why does a franchise like this have so much success like clearly you're right this is you mentioned it earlier. We are witnessing, we're still in it, this cultural phenomenon of Fast and the Furious movies. And I think part of it is Just because idea- nobody ever took these seriously. They were not supposed to be. No. Right? I disagree. And I disagree. You disagree? I think, think my generation I think five. my generation took that first one very seriously. I think we took it like like the emotional depth of a Dawson's Creek. <laughs> mixed with like you just didn't have to worry about it there were no stakes it was obviously going to work out i think they took it pretty i think not seriously like godfather seriously but seriously in that i think the idea of turning that like rush that that like pure adrenaline rush that you get out of it and then trying to monetize it and getting yourself stuck gambling and getting into dark habits and such i think that had like like a less stakes dramatized Virgin, I mean, that was like my last weekend, but nobody's making movies about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. It took itself. This is the magic of these movies: is that it it rides the line perfectly of having it taking itself seriously enough so that they can continually keep upping the ante and building the mythology and leaning on the principles that they establish early on about family living your life a quarter mile at the time, not getting caught up in results, trying to actually be in in presence with your life and how the, the rush, that thing you're talking about, the adrenaline, the rush, if you're trying to build an entire life around something that feels that good, then I feel like a lot of them, how do they continue asking? They basically, they basically tell the same story in every movie. Unlike the, you know, Star Wars and stuff we were just talking about, I feel like these movies tell like a very similar story. They ask yeah. very similar questions and put characters in very similar circumstances. But because they found that tone and they found it early on, it it gave them enough flexibility, I feel like, so that everyone who comes into these movies, you do not have to see any of the previous ones if you don't want to. You can come in. Right. The action is some of the best fucking action I've ever seen. Some of those, some of that stuff is just absolutely ridiculous. So technically, they take themselves mm. very seriously. I don't know. And for at least six so of those films, that action is real. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, which ones are not? Which one would you say are not? Um, for the first, I want to say three or four. They, uh, they like for the first one, it was a lot of stunt driving. 
Um, but like yeah. the first one relied on the driving and not on anything overly ridiculous. As it started getting more and more ridiculous to keep people hungry, um, they started relying more on visual <laughs> effects. And then people started to complain wow. because visual effects weren't up to the standard and they could tell that this was faked. And so from, I, I think it was either four or five, they went back to mostly practical. Well, which some, is one yeah, of the things, that's one of the things that really gets me across the line on these films because the fact that they actually did this stuff. I mean, I read a really interesting article today about uh, the fate of the Furious um, with the cars coming out of the car park where they activate the cars and they just drive out of the car park and they're plummeting onto the street below. Um, they did that. Yeah. Obviously not in New York, but uh, he basically had to go into a producer's office and say, okay, I'm going to drive all of these cars out of a four-story window and plummet them to the ground, but we're going to have to do about 15 takes of this. And they can't be old cars because they need to have computer control. So we need about, you know, 150 new cars that we're going to drive into the ground <laughs> from a fourth-story window. And they went with billions it. Billions of dollars. They went with it. That's, yeah. that's where the $150 million budget yes, went. Yes, that, that is one of the quotes. It's like that's why the budget went through the roof for this film. So, all right, these movies for me almost get better and better, especially... Number one has that thing we were all talking, we were just talking about, we all kind of remember when we saw it and there was something there. I don't know if anyone, if somebody would have told me this is going to be the most successful franchise and successful franchise in movie history, give it like the next 20 or 30 years. I don't know if I would have taken them seriously. Too Fast, Too Furious comes out. I still signed up. I had a good time. I remember seeing that. Tokyo Drift, everyone was like, what? Where's Dom and the gang? But it was still, it was a really good movie. And Tokyo Drift is the first time Justin Lin gets behind the director's helm of these yeah. movies and then he fucking rocks fast and furious number four fast five fast and furious and then he executive produces seven and eight but let's you know other people take the role those four movies elevated this franchise into what it is today i mean they absolutely did how about how about the where, where, where do i even want to begin fast and furious so tokyo drift is incredible that first <laughs> oh my god this is a perfect example the action and the tone there is that scene where what's his name the american is following han and han's like taking him around fucking tokyo he's like this is how we drive yeah. and they start turning donut circles around the girl's car the girls are standing are at the stoplight <laughs> and they just they're just donating around in 360s <laughs> until they finally get their number. And it's like the cars are having a little like courting scene. And they just fucking rip out and tear <laughs> away. It's just like absolutely perfect. Uh Fast and Furious. <laughs> the uh the the opening tanker heist when Dom and Letty are playing chicken at the end with mm -hmm. that fucking roar. That is so cool when they take the tankers <laughs> yeah, out. That's how they open while it's going down a hill. Like it's it's about, like on a cliff basically. What about the safe and they're heist? freezing off the chains. Wait, we have a have a what? The safe heist. Where they, they pull the safe out the and they drive, they drive. Oh my god. And in five. In five. And, and that was, that's that was most of that was not CG. It was real. All right, so they what is it about these? It, the it, it yeah. feels like all of the best parts of the Italian job, born um, even like a little bit of the Bond class, even though it gets nastier, but with a, like a little bit more of um, like a street racer, like almost like a Mortal Kombat element. It's basically like video games meet all of the classy film. So it's basically like the films that your parents liked turned into video games in real life. For, for me, it kind of That's went, how I would I, say it. it's like what Fast and Furious was essentially point break with cars for me. Mm -hmm. and it, oh interesting it, yeah. yeah and it was it, like the same movie but it was great it was done very well yeah. um, Fast and Furious 
the second one, I don't know, that kind of lost me a little there. All right. Mm. Kind of. That's it, just kind of. Tokyo. I give stuff a lot of credit. Tokyo Drift um, for me was a welcome change. Yep. And also at that point, I was actually working on a car stunt show in Australia, a live action stunt show. And uh, so I really appreciate the drifting. I've been in those cars when they do those things, Um, except for the two wheel stuff. I I bailed on the two wheel stuff. And. But yeah, it's terrifying. It's it's fun, terrifying fun. Yeah. Um, these guys are really really good. I can tell you that too. Again, with the studies, they are really good. I I had to study. do multi- multiple studies. Studies. I do multiple takes of something once with a car that had to slide into the side of the shot beside me, and he put that car in exactly the same spot about a foot off me every time. Jesus. I had a stunt God. coordinator stand there, hold my collar, ready to snap me out of the way in case you know something went wrong. But yeah, but this guy put the car in exactly the same spot like three times. I was like, respect. Wow. Uh, four, yeah. for me, yeah, it was okay. I, I think four was where it really started to pick up and build, and they started to get into mythology. And then Slowly. Five, <laughs> five kicked five. in. Five, five for yeah. me really kicked in. All right, how about the end of and four? From that point on. The end of four, when Dom gets arrested, they know they're about to kick it up. It's like Justin Lin. I don't know who was in charge, but yeah. it's like they fucking knew. That movie ends with him on Dom on the prison bus, and he just hears his crew coming. It's all about yeah. family, baby. How cool is and that? And then Five yeah. opens with them just fucking... Do you remember how Brian... In the beginning of Five, Brian hits the yes. brakes in front of a prison bus to make it barrel roll yeah. over his car. <laughs> and then I love it. That's I love right. it. Cuts he to the news, and the he... news reports that there were no fatalities. A prison bus just fucking yeah. barrel rolls for yeah. hundreds and of yards and he, nobody he risked, And his friend was on board. His friend was like, okay, cool. They've got a plan. And then immediately the bus is barrel rolling. And yeah. you wonder if Vin Diesel went, wait, is, is this the plan? Oh, yeah, what's, what's, my, what's the plan? Of course he's new, fucking dude. washing Fuck, machine? Yeah. yeah. Well, and then... <laughs> And then almost immediately they do the train heist where they drive cars oh. out of a moving train. So all oh. of these stunts were like, so eventually you get into like cars falling out of the sky and, and tanks on ice with a sub underneath. Like all of the ridiculous shit that's happening. All it right, actually yeah. came Getting from a Linda, pretty the, realistic place. The, the, sum, the sub might have been CG. <laughs> Just <saying. laughs> they put it. There was a tank going on ice. And then a tank, and then a submarine underneath it. You're watching this from above, and you're like, "Is this the Meg? That's is the this second, the Megalodon, but with cars?" That's the tank the in the series. There's another tank chasing in Fast and Furious Six on the bridge freeways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite Dom saves when he saves Letty in the air. He like wrecks his car, so they has to fly over mm-hmm. the bridge, the divide between the yeah. bridge and catch her in midair. Oh my god! All right, so hold on. Let's, yeah, I want to ask you There's some flashy car stunts. And, yeah, I want to ask you guys because obviously we yeah. can talk about the amazing stunts all day, but that is not why these movies have been so successful. If they were only great action stunts and shit story, like if you could just talk shit about it and not take it seriously, they would not be as successful as they are. What do you think it is about these movies that keeps people emotionally invested so that it's not a laughing stock? So that you can actually go in and have the fun and also have a little, you know, there is a little bit of an emotional response that that happens in these. What well, do you think I'm it is? I'm curious. Well, it's definitely Dom to me comes across as a godfather figure. He is the patriarch of this family. But also, like, it's weird without him in two. So, so um, Vin Diesel did not do Too Fast, Too Furious. What a ridiculous title. Because um, he decided to do The Chronicles of Riddick. Yeah, that's the number two. <laughs> Both times, folks. <laughs> he decided to do the chron. He decided to do the 
he decided to do the Chronicles of Riddick. And so the story's fine. So you have that. Brian and he meets Tyrese. Yeah, Dave, nice. He loves, he loves Riddick. I so love he Riddick. meets Tyrese in Miami and then Ludacris, which by the way, that, that role was offered to Ja Rule and Ja Rule turned it down. So I, ja I, Rule, found it, I found it two uh, weeks ago. There's actually that. a third Riddick film somewhere and I, I still haven't watched it. <laughs> anyway anyway um and and so you know what it's a stupid it's dumb it, it's very like it doesn't it doesn't seem to care about the legacy even though it has brian it's basically just like we need a job we need some guys who can drive fast here you go the only redeemable part about that movie is when they drive the car off the dock and it lands in the yacht Incredible, that's like the, that's the so part that saves cool. it yeah Pontiac right into the yacht <laughs> also, that's so good right and and it keeps it keeps all the it keeps all the audience members from one hooked because then you have ludicrous taking bets from people in like regatta chases and with like bikinis in the background of miami so it's all of a sudden fast and furious is like wait a second this doesn't need to just be on the street we can sex this up a little bit but when dom comes back at four it's slow it's very dark it's too slow it doesn't really pull off for me in four but then once we get to five it's fine but then five and six and then they, they decide to bring the rock back the rocks in five and then once you get jason statham in seven it's basically like oh we'll just make oh, as many God. of these as we need to so yeah. anyway the answer to your question is so and also Dom's sister becomes Brian's wife, right? It becomes um, Paul Walker's right, well, uh, girlfriend like slash wife, baby mama, whatever. You're listing... So it's 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 the character, it's Dom, it, it's the backstory. It's there's always something to fight for, and it's always family. It's I don't family. know. I, I, I think a, that works for me. I have a different I have a different theory. I mean, they they do set up the family Go thing, ahead. and that's that's good. That's something that a lot of like an American audience would love coming back to. It's like the family, and everybody sticks together, and everybody looks after each, each other. But the thing is, it also Every single movie, when they come back, they kick it up a notch. It's just a little yeah. bit more ridiculous. The comic relief is just a little funnier. They add characters. They added The Rock. Great. How can we make this better? Let's add Jason Statham. How mm-hmm. like the stunts get more ridiculous by the time they get to eight? Like I'm saying, they got cars coming out of fourth glory, fourth, fourth story windows into New York streets, mm-hmm. which that yeah. part was CG. Okay, fair. But <laughs> like. Every the thing is, every time you come back, you know you're gonna get something more. Yeah, it's gonna go up and up and up. The stakes are rising every time. Eventually, okay, okay. they'll run out of it. But okay, at this so point, it just has to be rooted in something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, so from from four on four onwards, they're delivering on that. Okay, so I agree. I agree with both of you, and I think you're both right. And I think it's that I've heard Justin Lin talk before in interviews when he decided to do this, and especially when they knew that they were gonna keep doing them. He realized his number one objective, the thing he had to take care of the most because they were all, everyone knew we have to take the stunts up every single time. We cannot show them the same thing, especially the opening, the ending, the big climactic parts. We have to do something fresh and something new technically. So he realized as a director, if I don't parallel that with building the mythology of Dom and his family, mythology and he spoke he chose that word specifically and i think it's completely correct because there is a heightened realism to these films it's why we it's why they're not totally serious they're not drama they, they're action action family friendly drama i don't know what the fuck you would label them but there is a mythology to what these people are going through so all the stakes of everything you were talking about jeff emotionally with the family and stuff that is mirrored with the action Everything is trying to tear them apart more and more in each film. And every time they fight harder and harder and do crazier and crazier shit to get back together. And I don't know. I think it totally works. 
you i'm not saying you could take these 100 percent serious they're not they're not the godfather it's not that kind of thing they're not designed but, to though but That's you the get thing. invested like, you with them, them you try to yeah. take it 100 percent seriously you're not you're going to tune out in this thing but but you still again, you do get invested right. though don't you? you have emotional responses to these movies they're not a joke you do yeah but like yeah. So, i mean some of the di- some of the dialogues a joke but how, yes, but, no, so, no, that's, but, but that's true. part of the mythology. They're almost speaking it. It's good. We're, honestly, it's good. We're comparing this to stars because it's almost like they are speaking in these, these archetypal tropes about good and evil, uh, the ethics of family versus not family, uh, getting the job done, the, where you build your quality of life from that quarter mile at a time thing. Like where does it, what is the purpose of all of this stuff? They seem to answer a lot of those morality and ethical questions throughout this whole thing in a ridiculous way, but, but they do it. And come on, give me a break at the end of, is it the end of six, I think, or seven when, when Brian drives the other way and they say goodbye to him. Come on, that, that, that'll give you, I know that was some real life stuff there, but. Well, I mean, yeah, that was definitely some realized stuff. It's yeah, that they was, handled that it though. I appreciated fair. that they commented on it in the family because he's in the family. Like that's who we'll think of him yeah. as forever. Like he's Brian, right? So yeah. I don't know. I appreciate that. And then, the, and then we'll, we'll see you again. We'll see you again. Should have been nominated for Oscar for best song. It was just such an emotional ending of the movie. All these guys. Um, wait, John, did you realize that? Tokyo Drift opens. By the way, it's called Tokyo Drift, and it opens in like the whitest opening ever. Literally, like a high school jock, like basically causes thousands of dollars worth of damage to a kid because he insults his girlfriend. There's so much fucking money damage that just just ignore. But anyway, (laughs) it's yeah, but it's Brad from Home Improvement, obviously. And did you know? Did did you know that the lead of Tokyo Drift is the kid from from Sling Blade? Shut the fuck up. That's him. Wow, <laughs> that is the kid from Sling Blade growing oh up, God. man. And also, quick side the note: the kid from Sling Blade is a quick side note. We Jeff and I Blade. watched Sling Blade several years together and sat alone in silence for like fifteen minutes afterwards. Just was, we didn't even know what to say. That movie has stayed with us. We started quoting it, and it's so hard to quote because it's Sling Blade. But like, oh my God! Wow. Anyway, Thank you for um, also, that out. also he's a third. Also, he's a 30-year-old high school student. Um, but and, and then the chase sequence, there's just two cars are destroyed, just thousands of thousands of dollars worth of damage. And they're just like, all right, let's just move to Tokyo and everything will be okay. Anyway, the, the series is great. I, I forget what I was just about to say. Um, Works for me. I forget. It's gone. Let's go back. Right, we're talking Hold about on, let, me, let me ask you guys about yeah, a couple movies. really fun se- movies. <laughs> Wait, so this is Chloe. Chloe loved Fast Five. Chloe, give a five-second review of Fast Five. You I didn't watch Fast Five. You watched it last night. We watched Fast and Furious Five. Watch is a loose Wow, that was, that was fun. Okay, cool. She was on the screen. Thanks, Chloe. All right, Fast and Furious Bye. 6. This is, this, is how, this is one of those things where they knew. They knew. They had so much confidence in their audience in the weird mythological world they were creating. That airplane chase on the runway at the end of six, they're on one runway for like 25 minutes, dude. That mm. plane <laughs> is going at like <laughs> four never miles take hour. Hour. They <laughs> obviously like, filmed this. At, yeah, they filmed this at JFK. It's like... <laughs> God damn it, dude. Sure. I just love it so much because they knew it doesn't fucking matter. No one was sitting there saying the runway's yeah. not, there's no way it's this long. It doesn't matter. And then you're just waiting for them to get there. Han dies in the middle of it. And when it's just so stupid, it finally blows up. And then Dom uh-huh. just walks out of the flames. And you're like, that's yeah. all you've been waiting for. How do they get away with shit like that? What is it about movies like this? I'm trying to think of another franchiser, if we have one coming up, that that has really handled this thing we're talking about well where they know it's kind of silly but they take it seriously enough so that it 
so that it we've, works we've well already, enough for them to get away with that. Anything. Anything. We already covered that. Cornetto trilogy. But that's like a straight yeah, up comedy, dude. They like they have no, comedy like on their three side. Different, but like, yeah, but it's three different genres genres where the situation starts off like sure it's a comedy like situation, but it starts off and the cast in it are taking it a hundred percent seriously. Right, right. But we're the ones that are in on the joke. Yeah. In this case, they're kind of giving you a little nod. It's like, yeah, this is ridiculous. We know, but we're yes. gonna do it because you want to see it. You're totally fucking right, dude. Yeah. That is it. So, do the performances? <laughs> do you guys have anyone to say about the performance? Like, does anybody? Do anybody get most improved for you? There was definitely some improvement over the, these years. Ludacris most improved. Ludacris starts out just kind of like slinging lines and jokes. I would say Tyrese is the emotional favorite. He wins like best supporting actor <laughs> for sure. He's so funny. funny. His <laughs> looks are so fun. I love. I love um, the cameos. How like they they will manage to fit people who've turned up in previous movies in, even if it's just for five seconds. Yeah. Like, Gal Gadot, yeah, yeah, hey yeah, yeah. Gal Gadot, yeah. they introduced us to, to Wonder Woman, baby. That's let's give yes. it up. Yeah, pretty fucking cool. Um, um, who I did not love the performances of Tokyo Drift, so that held it back a lot for me. Sorry, I like uh, Han was the best part, and I didn't mind the kid from Sling Blade, but those first sequences with Brad, also the girl, the writing for the women was not better. Five seconds to drink. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um. So you have this one girl who basically says, why don't we race to see who dates me? And then she gets in the car with one of the guys and says, I thought you loved me. If I were that guy, I'd be like, wait, you just, you're, I'm racing for your affection right <laughs> yeah, now. What am this I doing? So weird. Uh, also, also the way there's a line at the opening of two, there's a line at the opening of two, which I think sums up, you were talking about, is it the, is it the, the family or is it the, the stakes? It's, it's not the ride. It's the rider. That's that's good. That's the line. Everyone knows it's, it's not, not what's under the hood; it's who behind I, the I, wheel. I, I, Come just, on. It's so good. I just like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, Whether it's an inch or a mile, a win is still a, a win. There's so many good lines. I, while we're on it, I would like to nominate The Rock for uh, "I'll Ride with most You, Toretto." I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah. The most corny and worst delivered line of all time. How I, I mm. only honestly only no, he was not that great in five. Only topped by a number eight when The Rock. Sees the building explode. He's in critical care. He's covered in a cast, and he sees the building no, this explode. This is one of our favorite. This is one of our favorite moments. And he of looks all at time. his little girl and says, "Daddy's gonna go to work." And he flexes the cast off. <laughs> he just fucking the just cast it off. shatters because he Hold flexes. Like, the rock. And the only the rocks. His whole. I mean, you're right, Dave. Like raising the stakes each time when they fucking got him involved in this. When he first that first fight. When he just drives into their fortress and just gets out, and he's like Toretto, yeah. and they just fucking tear the shit out of each other for like ten minutes. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, the opening I mean, to oh seven god. or the, six when the, the rock the best, the, falls yeah. out of the building and lands. He like has the girl and he like lands on the <laughs> car. It's eight. I think that's the beginning of eight. God damn it, dude. Jason Statham. The best thing they ever did though was putting Jason Statham and The Rock together. Yes, yes. Like, yeah, yeah, I, for sure. I haven't yeah. seen Hobbs and Shaw yet, but I cannot it's wait funny, to see through it's that. It's fucking funny. Because anything those two do together seems to be just like Jason they're so Statham. endearing. It's Jason Statham. Best on ground. Best baby, on ground for me. His his baby rescue alone in the in oh, the play. Oh my god! Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh come on, dude. It's so funny when he so sees that cute. baby. That he doesn't. So he, and you can tell he kind of doesn't want to take the baby, but he's like, oh, I'll take this. He's so good with it though. He's so charming with the kid. Yeah. You know how much I like eight, fun eight was um, Fate of the Furious. I like I my wife and her sister are in my apartment at the moment, and we I, I was like I have to watch this. I'm sorry. Yeah, But we put it we put it on. They sat there and watched the whole fucking thing. Of course. Yeah, sure. I my family <laughs> Fast Five. My dad was up till midnight for the first time in like a month last night. Oh, because of Fast Five. Pissed ourselves laughing you, at Don't the baby rescue scene. Sleep. Yeah. Do not sleep on Fast Five. Oh, the baby the rescue scene. Yeah. 
I know it's so charming. What about Charlize? What do you, what do you think? Of, then, what do you think of Charlize? Oh, that line. Hold on, wait, really fast. That line after she was great. Charlize is great when Jason gets to her. Yeah. It's, it's before Jason gets to her, and she's on the line with Dom. And yeah. she says, you just mm-hmm. killed your son. He says, I just saved my son. And you just took your That's foot right. off the tiger's neck. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. Yeah. Oh, my God. Charlie's was great. Another, you're like, right. Carol another Baskins good is coming for you. They, yes, took, it... they took it up a notch with, you know, some action people like Dwayne The Rock, fucking Johnson, Jason Statham, fucking awesome on the action side. And then you have an Academy Award winner come in and give you a, a, a very sincere performance. I don't know what you could say or not about if you yeah, like the I mean, character she was, or not. She was she was sinister as fuck. I, I she's a number nine character. too. She's a number and, nine. Well, yeah, she's the, she's the only yeah, one of the villains ever. The way they survived. set that up, she has to be. Like she's the only villain oh, ever yeah. to make so it through. So fucking cool. Her first performance, that, the first scene she's in when she's pretends to need help with her car and she's got all the dreads and everything and she's like mm-hmm. flirting with him, dude. Yeah. You're right, Dave. I'm glad yeah, you said that, dude. This everything gets taken up and up and up and up a notch. And culturally, they go to Dominican Republic, they go to Cuba, they go that, to Dubai, dude. they go everywhere, they, everywhere. And let's 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 be honest. Yeah. The, we, did, in case you guys haven't figured know, it out yet, the, we are three Cuba, fucking white guys. Stuff, <laughs> did the Cuba stuff? Did they shoot that in Colombia? I'm not. No, no, they shot it in Cuba because that was no. I think that was the first year that you were allowed to. Because I, I thought that was the first year that they were allowed to go. I thought that's why they did it. Because the fort at seven, right? The fort at the beginning looked looked exactly like the fort at Cartagena in Colombia. Wow. So they take place in. Dominican Republic, Cuba, Rio de Janeiro, Spain. Uh, oh yeah, Rio. the whole five is in Rio. Yeah. So one thing they I show the Christ about this is that uh, thirty-five times. I appreciate that saying we were all we're three white guys here because like we still love these fucking movies. It has nothing to do <clears throat> has nothing to do with this, but this movie has this series, this franchise has clearly been unbelievably inclusive. It crossed every single demographic. Everybody yeah. from d- different people from different identification markers, however you want to identify yourself, yeah. everyone was invited to this movie franchise and everyone responded the same who um, signed up for it. I respect that so much that it is not made for a specific demographic. At all. They, no, I, I completely agree. They, um, they filmed some of the eighth movie in Havana and Vin Diesel, Michelle Rodriguez went early. So they were in Havana for longer. It was the year that it was like the year that Obama allowed for the train embargo. To, it went through. Yeah, not the embargo. He lifted the train embargo so that mm. you could. And then they they they, they actually like, filmed film there, dude. I okay, love that cool. opening when he has that yeah, first race. I mean, the second one's in Miami. They very clearly were like they have an international demo. Right? It's not even just American and and um, like a racial divide. It's like international. It is an international appeal, and they're like, "We're going to go all over the world." Where, which was it? Right. Dubai, where they where they go out of the building, where they drive the car out of the building, and it lands in a different building. Yes, I forgot they did that in Dubai. <laughs> yes. I forgot they did. Did you forget that. that they did it in Dubai? Yeah. They were the, like Mission Impossible climb car. the tower. Okay, cool. Did they jump from building to building? They were like a trillion dollar car, or some ridiculous all right. All right. thing. With, they can't be done. With, I mean, oh everybody gets God. it. The high, the highlights are amazing. The action just gets more and more ridiculous, but uh, more awesome I, as you go. I think. And five it, through eight I, are the ones though. yeah Those are the absolutely ones. and i cannot wait for nine i, I can't wait to sit down and watch hobbs and shaw so hell, like, yes. yeah. hell yes uh, but i feel like we should move on to the argument as to which one's gonna go forward let's do it oh my god we shit on star wars and we only praise fast and the furious fuck yeah baby I know. I know what i'm doing fuck you guys when we come back we are going to be deliberating between star wars and fast and the furious we'll be right back
what? <laughs> Seriously, we are back. This is the third and final segment of this episode. Ben, we are, boy, I'm really scared about what's going to happen here, but we are going to debate on what should move forward in our franchise face-off. That's right, folks. Only one of these gets to move forward. It is either going to be Star Wars or Fast and the Furious, we may be the first pod in history de- yeah. to outvote Star Wars. I don't know. We just praised Fast and the Furious a lot. And then face the internet afterwards. Oh my God. Trolls, are you ready? You guys doing your finger stretches? <laughs> are you ready? I'm terrified. Okay. Oh my God. Okay. I'm, I'm actually really nervous. I feel like I feel like there's too much pressure on me. I don't know why. All right. We're all too nervous to start. All right. Jeff literally said during the break that he wants to go last. So I think we'll let him go last, which means I'm going to throw it to Dave. I'm going to pimp you out, motherfucker. You have to go first. Feel free to debate. Let your consciousness and your stream of thought run wild because I want to hear what's happening inside your head and your heart well, right now. As I uh, as I pointed out last week, I I give, I give this um, an X score every time I. Oh yeah, we want the yeah, score. The X's. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so Fast and Furious franchise um, came through with a score of sixteen. Every right, time, I, every time I was entertained or saw something I liked, was uh, it was I gave it a score of sixteen. Star Wars came in with a thirty-seven. Wow! Yes, the original—it's the original trilogy, right? It's all about that original trilogy. It's, I mean, yes, it's all about the original trilogy, but there's also a lot of stuff that I really loved about. Like, I also loved some of the stuff in the prequels, and I loved some of the stuff in the whatever those last ones are. I still don't understand your scoring at all, but it's fine. I like it. It's, it's cool. literally every time it entertained me, I hit X. While I'm watching it, I'm just sitting. That's as simple as that. Uh-huh. And sure. I was far more entertained watching Star Wars than I was Fast and Furious. <laughs> You're twice as entertained by Star Wars than The Godfather. It's it's great. But it makes yeah. sense. I, I mean, yeah, The Godfather's not that entertaining. <laughs> you fuck Jesus. you, fuck you, piece of shit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for instance, like the earliest, the earlier films, they have. These great swelling soundtracks, sure, that build to a point, and then yeah. cut out just in time for the main actor to completely underplay a dramatic moment. <laughs> it's like the absolute opposite to what the music's doing. It's like, did you think like you had the music afterwards just from a fucking stockpile or what? Like, <laughs> I mean, that is inarguable. That's almost not fair. John Williams wrote his masterpiece for these things. I mean, shout out yeah, to Michael Giacchino. Yes. Michael Giacchino has done a good job with the soundtracks and compositions yeah. on these recent ones. It's the best part about these, oh, these recent ones. You mean two-time Oscar winner, Michael Giacchino? I mean, yeah, the, the underplaying I'm talking about was God, Fast and Emmy Furious. So I'm, like, the soundtrack for yeah, Star Wars is amazing. That. Oh, Fast and the Furious um, soundtrack. Yeah, sure. So much hip-hop yeah, you've Fast never heard of. <laughs> it just, but also when it does build, it builds My mom said she liked the soundtrack. The next thing was some Cuban thing. Like, it's like, you know, the Vin Diesel's talking and the music's building. Vin Diesel's talking the music's building and then it just doesn't go anywhere. And you're sitting there going, was was this building to something? Because yeah. whatever happened, he just mumbled that shit. <laughs> That's what they do. They're not they're not overly emotional. They I'm keep sorry. it. Ev- the most emotional part of their body is their right foot when they get to hit the gas. Yeah, Wait. I mean, it's what happens when you hire an actor that peaks at I am Groot. 
Wait, oh, come you, on. You know what we didn't talk about? You know what we didn't talk about last time? Because I'm worried that Fast and the Furious is going to go. We have to get this out there. Vin Diesel jumps out of a helicopter into a parking deck that's collapsing and gets <laughs> up and walks away. Not even injured. The parking lot is collapsing out of a helicopter into rubble as it's being demolished and literally walks away Dude, walks as if away. he's like fucking Hancock. He walks, he walks away because he's Hancock. He walks away from something in some explosion in slow motion in like every one of these movies i mean did he did he jump or did he tell tell someone to tie them off and they didn't understand what he said (laughs) come on he's invincible it's dom dude come on don't hate on him dude well and now that and now that r.i.p paul walker's god he can literally do nothing he might as well literally run through a wall in the next movie I don't know whether to buzz you for that or not. I'm telling you, dude, <laughs> All right, when Dave, he saves Lenny. Um, and like yeah, my my biggest gripe is like Fast and the Furious was the same movie almost eight times. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't almost right? five, I, five, six, seven, eight are better than the first. They part. are, but they're still the same movie. Like you, they didn't really break it until they got to eight, and then it was like we went against the family, but we're coming back to the family. Right. So they they went away and came back, but um, I didn't really start caring about anyone until like the fourth or fifth movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said earlier, the like some of the dialogue delivery is some of the corniest fucking delivery I've ever heard in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, granted, it's probably for comedy. Um, and then, you know, they're, they're doing great and the action's happening and some ser- some good dialogue is happening. And just when they're doing great, someone drops a bad dialogue nuclear bomb right in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, also don't even get me started on Fate of the Furious when they're driving into New York City. I mean, where's the traffic? Mm-hmm. He's driving across the bridge into New York City. Did he drive in during the quarantine? Because I cannot get behind yeah. that. That's he has not cool. never taken the the director of this film has never taken an Uber from one borough to another in New York City. <laughs> Seriously, it's like, oh, what? I, shit! I mean, I'm in Brooklyn. They're going to attack Manhattan. Fuck that! They're on it's their like, own. It's like it's only a mile and a half. We'll get there in thirty seconds. Maybe they should film <laughs> yeah. it right now because there's no one on the streets. They could just fucking tear right. it Oh my up, god! Dude. How many movies nuts. should be filming right now? All the Spider-Man filmed in New York City. Can you imagine all Dave, the tourists saying, "What movie us, is Dave this?" Dave sent us a picture of Madison Avenue the other day. And it was fucking oh, yeah. desolate. Absolutely. Straight How away, How many movies race. have been begging for this? You can't you know even do it at 2 a.m. there's a copy of like... Times Square built in the movie studio just outside New York, right? There's a full copy. They built it for Spider-Man 3, I believe it was. Holy shit. And no, just it was... left it there. Wow. It was yeah. for 3. I know they did the, the one with Jamie Foxx, because Jamie Foxx is the meltdown yeah. in Times Square. Spider-Man 3, yeah. Yeah, they built, they built an no, that's exact replica of Times Square. New, that's new 2. The new Amazing three. Spider-Man 2. Jamie Foxx is the new Spider-Man oh, too. Oh, shit. Yeah, one with Dave DeHaan. The Andrew Garfield sequel? Yeah. 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 It was the second Andrew totally, Garfield. Totally forgot about Andrew Garfield. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you're going hardcore Star Wars. It's okay. Still, uh... No, sorry. I'm going to just digress. I I can't back that comment. I'd really dug Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone's chemistry. In that you story. can't cut this out, but, Dave. Even though you said something about Marvel, you might not like uh, The only other thing out. that really bugged I'm me sorry, about you... Fast and Furious is the overly expositional dialogue. Mm-hmm. it's like they're sitting there like if you, you again you get to fate of the furious and you're sitting there and they're looking through the binoculars and she's like okay there's the submarine and i just need to get into that control room over there 
right. and they're like moving the binoculars. It's like, you don't have to spell it out for me. It's like, I need to get there. Would have worked. It's every single piece of dialogue is just spelling it out like they're talking to a three-year-old. And they, and they so you know what, to, to that point, and I was only positive for, because I felt so bad about being so negative to Star Wars. They do that. They, they suffer from things that like stranger things suffers from and a lot of other like when you do things multiple times why is it that we need these same eight people every single time they're trying so hard to come up with a new scenario that just happens to need these eight particular people every single time so for instance i rewatched five last night so i keep quoting it but half of them disappeared for the majority of the movie and the the switch of the the um safe becomes really cool but in hindsight did they really need han other than to find to fall in love with gal gadot did they really need tyrese he was a cool talker i guess but did they need him did, could ludicrous have done that so it's like they, they do kind of suffer from this why do we need them all and it really just becomes Tyrese to their and ludicrous family play and off like each them. other i think i think that one they needed they we just, it, it, but that's my point. It's because we like them. It's because we just want them to play off each other. Yeah, it, you know it's what I mean? the comic relief. It kicks up a notch every time. Exactly. But, but as far yeah. as like plot and stuff, it's like but you watch the, the you watch these movies and you don't you don't care as much about plot. Whereas you watch Star as, Wars as, and it's all as, you need the plot. Like comparing that, and I've been negative on the Fast and the Furious. To compare that to Star Wars, where you know you've got over thirty years worth of gen, like generations um, embracing this mythology. You've got Carrie yeah. Fisher teaching little girls that some you know the, it's okay for the princess to save the guys and all these wonderful messages and it's like trust in yourself you know sometimes your father's not your father uh it's like, and there are some so many great stories as well if you embrace all the stuff that happened behind the scenes on this stuff whereas if you delve into the behind the scenes stuff on fast and the furious once they introduce the rock it's not so good I'm but, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. He gets better throughout the series, but when he comes in in five, is, he's a caricature. There are some amazing stories behind Star Wars, like the um the big penultimate moment, Empire Strikes Back, where it's revealed like what was said on the um out on the, in the uh, at the end of the battle between uh, Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker. Yeah, oh, that was. A, Am I allowed to blow that now? Like, like, yeah, they didn't say any. Nobody knew. Yeah, about I'm, it, right? I'm allowed to blow that now, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, basically, um, in instead of saying "I'm your father," he said. Obi-Wan killed your father and then they sent the entire crew home and they filmed it again and he took like Mark Hamill aside and went this time he's going to say I am your father no react accordingly and he had to keep and he had to keep it a secret he had to keep it a secret for 12 months until that movie came out until he finished all the posts and apparently the the end of the story is he's sitting next to Harrison Ford in the theater in the theater and I don't know if you've ever seen this but Mark Hamill does an amazing Harrison Ford impersonation and he's sitting next to Harrison in the theater, and that happened. And Harrison Vaughn just leans over and went, "You never fucking told me that," <laughs> and like got mad at him. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's an amazing interview. Like, there's all there's all this so many there's so many great stories that come out of Star Wars. There's so many amazing things that happen because of Star Wars. Like, it's got a whole army of people behind it. There's a, the five hundred first Legion is the world over. These guys will turn up to your event in stormtrooper uniforms. They bring their own Darth Vader, like. It's it's got a cult following, but do do you think it hangs on the merits? Like obviously it has the cult following and everything, but do you think it hangs on the merits? Like Fast and the Furious in twenty years is still going to have a cult following. So do you think that on the merits of the I, films only themselves, time will tell that though. Like they've got plenty of time to blow it. Yeah, you just like, watched a lot the, of these films. What do you think? I, you think you Star Wars are the better films? I I think Star Wars are the better films. I'm I'm sticking with that. Cool. All right, on to you, Dave is Dave is putting Star Wars forward. That is Dave. Jeff, you still want to go last? Yeah. All right. 
I've been thinking about this all week and I have not made my, my mind up. I would definitely wanted to have this conversation with you guys because, you know, there's a huge this piece of me one. like everyone else on planet Earth that just assumes like it has to be Star Wars. It has to be. I mean, I, I bagged the hell out of um, Fast and Furious, but I, I, I enjoyed myself. Like they're fun watches. They yeah. are fun watches. All right. So after our conversation... And it's not just simply that we really ragged on Star Wars for the first section. I mean, we fucking tore it to pieces. After this conversation... It's easy to do because everybody does it because they're so passionate about it. Yeah, okay, so... Um, all right, so the thing you said, I'm, I'm glad you put it in that context because that, that gave me even more clarity that, that it was a similar movie each time with the Fast and the Furious movies and Star Wars is trying to do... You know, they're trying to introduce new characters and do something new but if I'm being honest, and I think we we articulated this pretty well in the first section, that's what bothers me so much about. I think that is what is it that is its inherent flaw, is that it's not trying to tell the same tale, which is the only tale that actually worked. The first three are so dramatically better. It's not even close to to the prequels or these recent ones that I, I cannot believe I'm I'm actually saying this out loud, but I've, I'm leaning towards fast, leaning towards. I haven't said it yet. I'm leaning right. towards the Fast and the Furious, just because there are so many problems with the rest of the Star Wars uh, productions. The world is good. Everyone loves the world and the universe, and that's why we all have so much fun, and that's why I think it has such an enormous cultural impact. But if I'm being totally honest, outside of the first three, I think that secondary world is is lacking. I think it is being held up. Mm. Yep. Did you say secondary? Secondary, <laughs> secondary worlds, secondary world training. All right, I'm gonna pull <laughs> Jeff, Jeff. I need you to pull up some stats for me here. Um, do, how many people went and saw The Force Awakens? Uh, it has over two billion dollars. I don't know about how many people. How many people? Okay, so if Fast and the Furious stopped at Tokyo Drift, yeah, and then thirty years though, later, hold on, wait, or twenty th- years later, that's exactly my point. Though is out. that that's exactly my point is that it's not fair because you're dealing with a secondary world. So I think a lot of it's us totally because fair. We're, we're comparing them, but I think Star Wars, but Fast and Furious is not a secondary world. It takes place in in the real world. It's not a secondary world. So I think the, Tokyo the Drift problem, had none of the original characters. <laughs> I know, but it's not a fantasy. It's not a. It's not an actual secondary. You know what I'm saying? God damn it! So I feel like because Star Wars has failed so miserably, so miserably at carrying that secondary world into something equally compelling. And pro- honestly, I'm not. I'm not saying I have the answer. We we have not been asked to rewrite the next great, you know, installment of Star Wars. But I think the problem is that they keep trying to do something new, and the only thing that worked has already been done. I think I would rather see new characters playing the same archetypes in a similar story because that's life. You do have to come up against those obstacles over and over and over again. They kept trying to muscle it in these recent ones and it didn't really fit. And I know we're not talking about it, but I do want to point out my Mm. favorite installment of these recent ones is Rogue One, without a doubt. I absolutely. That is I, I mean, definitely I will, my favorite. I will also give you that Fast and Furious held it together over multiple different yeah, directors. Exactly. Whereas yeah. Force, like the the new trilogy, did not. Yes. Yes. Which is why isn't that even that's even more of a reason to believe that I don't know who the fuck is making these decisions. I'm not. I haven't done enough research. I don't know if there is some producer. I will say there has been one writer for Fast and the Furious the entire time, and then he was joined by a new writer 
and Tokyo Drift with Justin Lin, and they have both written them, the rest of them together. I'm not sure if that's a part of it, but that point, that is a really good point. I feel like the story and the characters seem to hold up. There's, there's glue. We're just making fun of it. I know we can make fun of it because the dialogue isn't that strong. They keep saying similar things. It's similar structure every single time, but it works in the a way. The dialogue isn't strong. It's a, it's a compliment to the dialogue. I know, but it works in a way. Why do we walk out of these new Star Wars movies and in the prequel movies, why do we walk out of them with such enormous frustration? Why did we have an entire first segment of this show that was full of us just being so frustrated with the franchise? Because half of our heart loves that world so much and we have such a soft spot for how it affected us with those first three and the other half of us is so angry that the rest are not nearly as good i don't feel that way about fast and the furious movies they have not let me down in the same way so i cannot believe i'm about to say this but i'm voting for fast and the furious to move forward star Star wars gave us darth vader fast and furious gave us dom Mm -hmm. and you're putting those two up together up against each other i am I'm, and, you're choos- and you're choosing Dom. I'm going to do it. I right, can't believe I'm down. doing sit it. Sit down. You both, of you, both of you sit down. I understand where both of you are coming from. You're making great points. So I'm going to be the deciding vote here. All right? So what you have to say from now on. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's all about family. I understand <laughs> both of you. As far as the legacy of the series goes, Fast and the Furious from 1 to 8 slash 9 has a better like through line through all of those series as far as I'm concerned. As And Star Wars, though, has the four best films out of the, or the three best films out of all of these movies. Can I make one more point about. before you start talking about – can I just make one more point because it's about you. I want to put this to you. I want to ask you. In the context of this time in our lives, this Corona franchise face-off where we are stuck at home – where I don't want yeah. people to be frustrated with most of these watches. You just said your dad <laughs> stayed up until question. midnight with you. I think people will have more fun. Yeah, but we'd rather watch Star Wars. He would have done that if I watched Star Wars. So you can bitch about it? He so you can complain about it? I am watching Star Wars. <laughs> no, we wouldn't no, have complained about it. Well, they're, they're great. It. Like, the, the Star Wars are great watches. It's just as far as the series goes, they, they don't. a lot doesn't add up. But as far I said this in what I said. I shat on the, all these movies. Seven, eight, nine. When I sat down in the theater and I watched them and the credits were at the end I, I sat up and I said I had a good time tonight at the theater every single time and the Fast and the Furious the reason that they're so good is because we give so much leniency to the plot the plot of Tokyo Drift is fucking stupid and you guys have said so much cool stuff about it, it is it's really stupid I just rewatched it and you know and everybody sits there and goes, it's a good change. You know, the way they drift, it's a different culture. The way they surround the girl's car until she gets her number, that's cool. The plot's fucking stupid. They cause $100,000 worth of damage so he goes to his Navy dad and everything's right because he's in Japan. It, it's a dumb movie, but we like it because it's like, that's not why we watch it. The plot is just to get us to the racing. It's just to get us to the fun. Whereas Star Wars, we will never give it that benefit of the doubt. Um, the the The... The reason that we're so mad is because the pull of the Jedi and the Force and us wanting to know what is the Force. Is, is it a religion? Is it a lifestyle? Is it a cult-ish following? Is it real? Is it not real? Is it surreal? Is it fantasy? What are metachlorians? Do they matter? Like all of this little tiny no. shit. Like we, we desperately want to know. Whereas I don't need to know a damn thing about the Fast and the Furious. Now, I love the Fast and the Furious movies. Five and I think seven are probably the best. Eight has the emotional punch because R.A.P. Paul Walker. Six is fun. 
10 i'm sure is going to be great because you know after nine they're going to keep going but when it comes down to it as far as like what we watch as a family my family would rather watch star wars i would rather watch star wars and that includes one through nine and you know what we're going to complain about some things fast and the furious guess what we complained about things too i just complained about the thing in tokyo drift literally the girl goes why don't you race each other for me and then she gets in the car with the one guy and says, I thought you loved me. And it's like, and none, it doesn't make any sense. None of it makes any sense. The whole Miami job doesn't make any sense. But I don't mean to buzz you for that because that is actually a like a pro-feminist point you're making. No, I know. I'm, yeah, exactly. And it gets better. And even Gal Gadot, and Chloe's had this point too, but it's like, well, she doesn't want to use the fact that she's an attractive woman to her advantage. She just wants to be the badass racer, but it's a fucking Fast and the Furious movie. So the only way she can get the guy's fingerprints is by taking her clothes off and walking up to the guy. And so it's like, fine. But ultimately, when it comes down to it in big picture things, Star Wars just matters more to us. And that's why we care more about it. It matters more to us. Fast and the Furious is really fucking fun. And that says more to us about it, us culturally right now, as far as like, what do we're going to do in coronavirus but it's just thin, said, man it's light you literally just said your argument for putting star wars forward is because it matters more culturally not because there are better movies so i just want to no, make you it say matters, that again it, it, because we just complained a lot about those star wars movies i think no i think they're i think they're better because movies. we because we can. Those are different those. arguments. I think they're better movies, and I think we matter more. On the whole, out of the nine, first of all, the first three are by far better than any Fast and the Furious movie, uh, by far. The original prequels are kind of childish, but you know what? Some of the fucking Fast and the Furious movies are childish of too. Of course, okay. yes, but they know what the two, they are. They know Fast what they the are. Furious These two. Star Wars don't movies don't know what the fuck they are. And I will say, all right, this is going to be my final point. They do. And the I'll prequels shut up. know what they are. I'm the prequels know what I'm they are. I'm going to say this. And this, seven knows what they are. Attitude, Eight, nine didn't know what they are. This attitude. If we move this forward. If you guys move this forward, you fucks. If you guys move this forward, this <laughs> attitude is the reason why Star Wars movies will get worse and worse and worse. It's because you are hanging on so hopefully to the cultural impact that you have you're not willing to admit the fact that this universe no, no. is not good anymore. No, it's not good anymore. No, 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 no. They won't get worse after the beating they took for solo. No. Trust me, they're guarding their game now. You're misinterpreting what I'm saying. I'm not voting for it because of the cultural input. I'm saying because all you were saying is, what do you want to watch now because it's coronavirus? So you made this about the coronal, the, the cultural impact, you fuck. Now you're sitting there and going, oh, it's all about the coronal. No, you no, no, put no. the I'm cultural saying, impact into me. You posed watching. that to me and I said, that's a bullshit I'm saying, question. I'm saying, what would you have more... What was what is more enjoyable to watch? I would I would have more nine. fun watching the original three. One, One I would eight. rather watch four, five, six episode four, five, six right now. That's what I would rather do. Yeah, I'd so if you, four, I'm five, telling you, if you watch one through nine of Star Wars, then all nine. Fast yeah. Fierce if you movies. watch one through yeah. nine, no, because of because Star honestly, Wars. I don't honestly, I just rewatched one through five, and I don't know if I can get through one through four ever again in my life. Mm. Honestly, I truly, if I had to go through, if you said watch Fast and the Furious from the beginning, there's no I fucking way I would get through four. Mm. Three and four are bad I movies. They're not good movies. <laughs> Two isn't even a good movie. No. So that's, no, that's so I vote for Star Wars. So that's Star Wars two, is going to advance. That's two versus six bad movies. John, John, the John's doing like the argument thing when you argue with your girlfriend, and they're just arguing about the things you've said in the argument. You're not listening to what I'm actually saying. Stop, stop nitpicking the things I'm saying. Star Wars are better movies. They're better culturally. They're better for. They're, they're just they're better. It's better. Yes, there are some flaws. There are a lot of flaws. I was angry when we ripped them apart. Do we need to rehash it, or are we gonna just listen to it again? But ultimately, the Fast and the Furious they're just too light and thin. I, I, I like I like them for what they are. But as far as what I think is the better franchise, I think Star Wars is still the better franchise. You heard it here, folks. 
We are going to rely on nostalgia to move us forward in this franchise face-off because my That's two compadres are afraid to make movies. a critical They're decision. <laughs> movies. He's not listening to what I'm saying. I'm going fucking insane. How many times do you have this argument? You're not Jeff, listening to what I'm saying. You You're talk, choosing to listen you to what you want to hear. Jeff, Jeff just, you got buzzed like nine up. times for Star Wars. All you did was rip it apart in the first section. All you did was talk shit about it. You didn't say one positive thing Because it was fun. It. It's because I care. <laughs> oh, my God. Jesus Christ. All right. All right. I give up. Uh, Two to one. Fucking Star Wars is moving forward. uh, The only reason we didn't rip Fast and Furious apart is because we didn't have enough time in this 90-minute podcast. That's not Mm. what happened. We loved it. We had fun. (laughs) We had fun and knew what it was. But it doesn't matter. Star Wars is moving forward. Fast and the Furious. Fast fast, fast and the Furious. May you rest in peace. I will revisit you at some point to enjoy myself. We all will because they are a fun I love you, Justin watch Lynn. if you're in quarantine. <laughs> Justin like, Lynn, Vin Diesel, I love they're you. They're a fun watch anytime. Realistic, Just real world shout out. The number, the much. ninth installment was supposed to come out this summer. We were all talking about it before this recording about whether or not they're going to just postpone it. I think they are. They would definitely want to get a theatrical release. So like all oh, of yeah. the other losers that we have cut out in this franchise face-off. Please don't sit on it. Give them a chance. They are really fun. Maybe watch Hobbs and Shaw. Maybe go see the ninth one when it comes out. They're really Definitely they're really watch fun. Hobbs and Shaw. I can't wait for the ninth one. It's going to be great. All right. Any other okay. final thoughts? I got the very fight, upset the, by that. The fight is over. What, what What's next week? <laughs> Jeff, what are we doing Jeff, next week? Jeff, hit me next week. Well, oh what, do we got? what do we got? Honestly, I'm actually, I'm actually pretty excited is, about next week. Yeah, is it next, next week Harry Potter? Versus no no, no next week's Toy Story. Toy Story is our four seed. Toy Story. Toy yeah. Toy Story versus what? That's really good. Toy Story is our four seed, and it is going up against our thirteenth seed, John Wick. (laughs) (laughs) Where are you, trolls? Come at me! Come at me! Come on, Toy Story versus John fucking Wick. Toy Story versus John Wick. Yeah. Wow, that is like your heart versus your dick. (laughs) I mean that is. Just, what's the better movie or who would win in a fucking fight what is like, this come on, dude. I kind of want to see Woody and John Wick fucking have a face off though there's a snake in my <laughs> oh my god this has been fun join us next week for our 4 seed Toy Story to take on our 13 seed John Wick look at us on Facebook at the love of cinema pod I'm Jeff John has the bandana and the attitude Dave's the Australian <laughs> hope you guys had a good time We'll see you next week. We're going to have a lot of fun. Watch your fucking movies. Enjoy.